Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Once again, I'm Christian from New York City, from Manhattan, born in the Bronx, right across the street from the Yankee Stadium. Anybody, anybody a Yankee fan in this room? I see one Yankee hat in here. I love you. God bless you. We're going to be friends. You love the Mets? I know. I'm sorry for you, too. It's okay. And so, um, and so I've been pastoring for about 15 years and traveling for a long time, 20 years. A little secret. Uh, what day is today? Is today the 24th? On the 28th of September will be my 15-year anniversary in full-time ministry. Yeah, so I'm still alive. I'm still alive. What? 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 Oh, thank you. Okay, so I'm still alive. Jesus has kept me alive. Uh, the church is still alive too. We have lost a couple of people, but they're still there. They're still loving Jesus. We make mistakes. And uh, I'm honored to be able to walk with an amazing pastor as well. His name is Luis Gabriel Garcia Aviles. He's a real Puerto Rican. He is born and raised. This is what they look like in the wild. So stand up so that people can see the wild Puerto Ricans. Uh, yeah, he's a pastor, pastor in Orlando, and he is coming to New York with me. Yay! Pray for him. Okay, those are the commercials. Let's go right into what God is asking us to do. And we're going to go on a little bit of a journey. Uh, we're going to start off in Joshua. We're going to go into Genesis. And then just so, you know, for fun, we'll go to every book in the Bible, but not today, okay? And I am peculiar. I am weird. I must admit, it's difficult for Canadians who don't know me to understand my way of being. So I want to apologize before. I also have a very strong New York, you know, little Puerto Rican and Italian accent. You'll hear it. You'll hear my English. It's not the best. Uh, and, I, and I come off sometimes as rude. It's not on purpose. I love the Lord, and I love some of you. I've met some very weird people this week. I'm still trying to figure out if I love you. I like you. I do. You're cool. I really love you. And I'm excited to be here. Thank you, pastors. And I call them mom and dad. They have stepped into my life in a season where, which is very dark. And I honor them. Can you honor them for me today? And so they stood in for me. You have no idea. I would not be here right now if these people didn't take a plane and go to New Jersey and go knock demons out of our church and out of me. I was a little screwed up too. but And so I thank them so much. You, this is just an understatement of what uh, I really feel. And I don't have time to go in because the time is against me right now. I, uh, I want to start off by asking some questions. Are you tired of hearing prophets come to your church or your life or YouTube? And say, now is the time. This is the season. I mean, I love when prophets come into a place. Or what is a prophet, by the way? A very weird dude, five foot three. Good, dress is good. Very good looking. No, just kidding. <laughs> but they usually come in, you know, the, the, the fake ones always prophesy, this is your season. This is your time. God's going to give you money. A house. A car, usually two. I have never seen this one. God will give you a wife that is quiet with no mother-in-law involved in the situation. 
I've, I've, I've tend to, like, that one has missed for me. I am not, you know, I'm working on that one, right? Uh, when I see that prophet, please bring him to me. What if I was to tell you that today I'm going to tell you the cliche prophecy? Not that you get in the car. If you get one, you can give it to me. What if I was to tell you that today you're going to hear a word that this is the season that God has called you for? But it's interesting because Paul told Timothy, be instant in season and out of season. Too many of us are focusing on the seasons and we're not focusing on being instant. Because every time is God's time. Oh, you, you got to talk back to me, by the way. I forgot that. You got to clap. You got to scream. You got to shout. You can invite me out to dinner, but you got to clap if you agree with something. Do you believe that every time is God's time? Oh, yeah, yeah. Now I'm in a church. I'm, in church. I'm going to ask you a question, Canada. Is every time, is every day God's day? Does God, there you go. Pastor Craig, you're not going to know what to do with your church next week. Be New Yorkers in the room. We need to understand the times. We need to understand the season, but in order for us to understand the time, sometimes we got to go back and hear and look and ask God, what did you say about this season? About this moment that I'm living in right now? And I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever asked these questions? How do I move forward? When I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through. Why am I here right now? Anybody ever asked that question? Why am I here? How about this one? Where am I going? Anybody here not know where they're going? Can you say this with me? I want you all to say this with me. I don't need to know why. Oh, I love how the camera shot gives me the angle that makes me look super short. Focus in, buddy. Focus in. No, 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 that ain't working. Take this one out. Not working. No, homeboy. We're going to have a David and Goliath fight after this. Listen. Say with me, I don't need to know why. Thank you. Better. I love you. I don't need to know why. Say, I don't need to know why. I don't need to know where. I don't need to know how. I need to know who I'm following. I need to know who called me. I need to know who he is. And this is not something I'm telling you because it's easy for me. Because you can hear the Lord speak to you. The Lord speaks to us through his word. This is the greatest prophecy, by the way. You can hear God speak to you every day and still doubt why is he taking you through these valleys and these mountains and why we're we going here. Where are we going, Jesus? And, and you feel like Dora the Explorer going in the middle of nowhere and following voices and what's going on here? What's happening? You can feel like you're lost and God's saying, maybe I need you to feel this way. Because you need to not lean on your own understanding. You need to not know everything. You need to know me. I am everything. I am your understanding. I am your purpose. I am your future. I am your joy. And I tend to say this, joy and peace is not a feeling, it's a person. And so I want to go into a very famous story, and it starts in the book of Joshua chapter 1. <laughs> it's an obituary. The first thing it starts off is 
Joshua, my servant. Okay, you guys have this version. I'll take it. After the death of Moses, of the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aid, listen, my servant is dead. Can you imagine your ministry starts with this? Uh, your leader died. Okay, oh, your leader died. Yay, gone. You done? My servant is dead. Now then you and all these people, you know, the people that you, came, you were born with in, in Egypt are done to, the ones that you are seeing now, this generation, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them, to the Israelites, another river. Joshua 1.4 says, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and forth the great river, the Euphrates, at the Hittite country, these are your enemies, by the way, to the Mediterranean Sea, the west. If God would have told them where he was going, would he have gone? And if God would show you your giants, would you have gone forward? But if you're looking at him, you won't see your giants because he is bigger than your giants and bigger than the Hittites. And I love this in Joshua 1 verse 5 because Joshua was just hearing God speak to him. And the Lord says to him, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. He didn't say some days. He said, say with me, all of um, Canada. All right. Can you imagine if Psalms 23 said, goodness and mercy will follow you some days of your life? I will not be here right now. Goodness and mercy will follow you when you behave. When you're, when you're, you know, when you're, <laughs> goodness and mercy will follow you only when you serve. Goodness and mercy will haunt you, will get you there. So is the prophetic word. So is purpose. So is destiny. Haunts you every single day. That's why you can do what you want. This is, no one will be able to stand you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never, I love this, I will never, I, God, why have you left me? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You think I left you. You think I forsake you. You thought that I left the equation. I want to tell you that I've always been here, but you can't see me because your issues are greater than your God. It says, be strong and courageous. Wait, wait, can you go back to verse 5? I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Because of this, you need to be strong and courageous. And everybody puts this on their, you see it, in, I don't know if you guys have Hobby Lobby in Canada. It's a place where they sell nice Christian little artwork that you could, and everyone puts this, you know, they, they use tw Jeremiah 29 verse 11, and they use this, be strong and courageous because the Lord your God is with you. Yeah, great. Be strong. This is a real command. Okay, so why is God saying be strong and courageous? Because doubt was going to come. Why did God speak to you about the things that he spoke to you before? Because he needed you to get ready. So I want you to smack somebody in Canadian style. I said, get ready. We're going on a ride. We're going somewhere. You, were you the one who set up the camera? I'll smack you later. Okay. <laughs> Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. This is your job. He didn't say you will inherit the land. He said you will lead them to inher inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. So guess what? You have a responsibility to give it to someone and you may not even enjoy it. What if your assignment has nothing to do with you? What if your inheritance is seeing someone else blessed? Would you, are you willing to let it go? Oh, I knew this one was going to say hallelujah. I knew. He's a false prophet. Okay. 
But then it says, keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And it says, listen, it says, listen, listen. You may be careful and then you will be prosper prosperous and successful. Where is prosperity and success? Where is prosperity and success? Prosperity and success is following the law of God, following his word. And some of us have not been successful because we're trying to figure out where we're going and we're not following who is taking us. Is the Lord speaking to anyone in the room right now? Raise your hand if he's speaking to you. I can finish now. I'm done. In a few minutes. So Joshua comes into this place where God is taking him into a unknown place and he's following. So he goes and he passes the Jordan and he goes and he's taking an army of people. And in this season of taking this army, I'm going to fast forward a few seasons in Netflix that you should be watching. And I want to take you to Joshua chapter, chapter 6. And here is, usually in churches they give the preacher water, but I guess they want me to be dry like a raisin. I don't have any water. Help me, please. They gave me tea. Tea, tea is good. I'll, 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 I need some cold water too. This is great. I think, I think pre preachers from New York are a little demanding. I'm so sorry. You guys, is there grace for me? Mercy? It's every day of my life anyways. <laughs> so, so, okay. So, in the book of Joshua, chapter 6, actually, we're going to, yeah, go to chapter 5 first. Forgive me. God speaks to Joshua in verse 2, and he says, at the time, you know, the people that you came, are fighting with, and this is what's going on. I got to give you some context, because if you don't read your Bible, you're so confused right now. Joshua was the leader after Moses, and he's taking the people who were born in the wilderness that couldn't make it to the, that, that weren't born in Egypt to the promised land. And so these are young men and women who are feisty, hungry, but they're born in the wilderness. This is interesting. They weren't born in Egypt, so they didn't have the mentality of Egypt. They were born in the, thank you. They were born, were you born in the wilderness? <laughs> the secret is you give the preacher water, he finishes fast because he has to go to the bathroom. Okay. You didn't learn. You didn't learn. So he's here and you see, are you guys okay with me yet? yet? Yeah. Figure me out? Okay. So he's here and now he's hearing that he has a responsibility to figure things out but put order. And so here's where we're going to start. Say with me, in order for us to be successful, we need order. And what's the order that's happening here? God says to Joshua, says, hey, I can't get you to fight into the next place until we do something. We need to bring them to be a part of the covenant. They need to be together in unison, and they have to follow instructions. And he says, I need you to circumcise the men with flint knives. This wasn't like the way we do it in Canada and America. This is going to hurt. This has to hurt you. I need you to circumcise the men, and I need you to take them into a place where they wait because they cannot go fight without my promise upon them. And my promise is in a covenant that I made with Abraham. And I need you to circumcise them in Gilgal. So Joshua, I can imagine him scratching his head and saying, okay, guys, so uh, here's the plan. And the guys are ready. Yeah. So we're going to, yeah, what are we going to do? We're going to kill them? We're going to kill your flesh. Everyone, get ready. Uh -huh. The women were like, yes, yes, yes. Not me. 
and the men had to be circumcised. And we're not going to get graphic, but I'm going to tell you what that means today. God cutting off the flesh in our lives before we face giants. God putting us into a place where we need to remove whatever is taking us away from the covenant. God taking away everything. And let me tell you something, circumcision hurts. It is a cutting off the flesh. It is a breaking away. And this is exactly what God is doing with some of us. This is where he's leading us to. He would have, if he would have shown you, listen, I'm going to take you to Gilgal. Half of the men were like, I'm going to stay over here with the Hittites. I'm not going there. But he didn't show you. He's not showing you because your mindset is not capable of taking you there. You need to go with him because he's going to walk with you in this very difficult valley of breaking away our flesh. And so here they are. And they're getting circumcised. And the men are there. And these are the men that need to fight. And how many of you in your life, God has taken something away and it's been a process of hurting. It's been a difficult season of the Lord removing things from you. Whether it's your pride, whether it's a position, whether it's a title, whether it's a, 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 the accolades you expected to get. Whether it's applause, whether it's people recognizing you or what you thought your dreams were. Because someone told you something, gave you a prophecy and you believed that and you found out later on that it was a lie. And here we are. Standing in a place of circumcision, getting hurt, but not to stay there. Because the Bible says that Joshua did not go on to the next place until the men were healed. I know you're hurt, but God says, I want to heal you too. And can you be real with me for a minute? As real as you can get. How many of us have been a little rocked or hurt or God has to cut some things off in this season? Raise your hand if that's you. Keep your hand up. But how many of us move forward without healing correctly? Because what they teach us is keep on going. There's no time to waste. What they teach us is this, listen, you know, it's hard. So people need you to, to stand firm. But let me tell you something, God needs you whole and healthy. You can't skip the process of God healing you because you're not going to be able to fight Jericho broken. Can we take a moment right now? We're going to pause for one second and we're going to say, God, show me how you've been cutting things out of my life. Some of it is character issues, emotional Pride, anger, resentment. Show me, God, have you put me into Gilgal to circumcise my flesh, to remove everything that has been stopping me. There's literally people in this room that you lost so much that you don't even know how you're standing. You're on pilot mode. You are on safe mode. You don't feel good. But the Lord is saying, what if this moment right now, before you move on to the next assignment, what if I just want to heal you? Can I see you at this moment? Can I bring you into a place of healing? Can I show you that I'm not just the God that takes away, I'm the God that restores? So the first thing that God brings is order. And the second thing that God does in this moment, listen to me, 
is he gives Joshua specific instructions. Can you all say this with me? You can open up your eyes. Don't go to sleep on me. Say specific instructions. There's one thing I love about your pastors is that they really believe in the specific instructions of the Lord. Sometimes they don't understand these specific instructions because it commands them to bring a short, very good-looking man from New York City all the way to Surrey and question and sweat because he's up here right now saying things that are difficult to hear. But specific instructions are not always things that we want to do. It's understanding that God stands on top and he knows how we need to get there. Can I ask you a question? I want you to be interactive. How many of us have received specific instructions from God? Okay, how many of us have actually done it? The hands went down. Do you know why? Because it's hard for us to trust. And so Joshua's in this place where God says, all right, I'm going to give you the keys to success. If you want the keys to success, make some noise. Three of you are going to win. We have winners in the back. The Mets, I pray for you. And God says, I want to give you some, some ways that you're going to conquer Jericho. In the book of Joshua chapter 6, it says the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see that I have delivered Jericho into your hands. I need you to really read this with me because Jericho right now was still standing. God spoke, this is yours before it happened. How many of us have God said, this is yours before it happened? How many, of us is, how many of us in the room, God is saying, I'm going to give this to you, and you see it, but you don't have it physically in your hands. Come on, I know what I'm talking about. There's a couple of us in the room that we're struggling right now. God said, this is mine. I don't, where is it? You said, I would, where are, where, well, why are we here? What's going on? Where are we going? And here, the Lord says, I have delivered them to you. In other words, I'm going to fulfill my word. And the way this is going to happen is with these specific instructions. And he starts speaking to me. He says, I want you to, I want you, I want you to get, the, I, I want you to get the fighting men and I want you to gather them. And he gives them instructions. He says, march around the city once with all the armed men. How many times did they go around the walls of Jericho? No, they didn't go around the walls of Jericho seven times. I love asking that question. They went around once every day for seven days. And the last day they went around seven times. But I'm going to prove to you something that's theologically correct. These were not Latinos. I'm Latino. Because they had to go in silence. <laughs> I've never met a quiet Latino. God says, I want you to walk around the wall. And I want you to do it for seven days. And I want you to say nothing. I'm going to fix this. They weren't church folk either. Because church people always have an opinion about walls. So this Trump, by the way. But <laughs> probably why he's not there. Church folk always have an opinion about what's going on and how to do it. They're always like... You know, but why are we going around in circles? And, and God said, I want you to go around, and I want to break this into modern day. I want you to go around. I want you to take the worship team, put them in the front. Take some of your young guys, put them in the front. Some of the elders, put them in the front. 
Some of the founders put them in the front. I don't want you to go around there for seven days, but you can't say nothing. You can't take a picture. You can't post about it. You can't send an email about it. You just got to march. Can you imagine the church today walking around for seven days, a city of walls, of impossibilities, of difficulties, of everything God promised you. But this is, this is in front of you right now. He's, I don't want you to do anything but just go and walk. But what if God was putting you in that season so that you could look at the wall, so you could smell the wall, so you could see the wall, so that you could see that you cannot do this on your own. So that you can see that it's not in your strength and it's not in your abilities. So that you can look at it and say, it's impossible for me to do this. I need you to see that wall. I need that wall to be very real. And some of us have been put against impossibilities, difficulties, situations that we do not know how we're going to overcome it. Come on, am I, not, am I the only one? Is this only happening in New York? I'm, is this only happening to me? If it's happening to you, make some noise. If you're done with the wall, make some noise. Some of you like your walls. You call, it's called pride and rejection. You don't want to let anybody in. You want to keep, I'm keeping my walls up. Nobody's going to bring them down. All right, I'm moving on to the next person. You're going to miss what God wants to do with you because you want to be here in your pride. You want to miss what God is doing with you because you don't want to let things go. I want to tell you something. God has a plan and a purpose. If you made some mistakes, if you had some issues, it's time to move forward. Stay quiet until he speaks. Got five more minutes. How many give me five minutes? Come on. I got 15 right there, 20, 25. Thank you so much. That's all I needed. But here is God speaking to Joshua. You are going to overcome. And I want to stop for a minute. Because this right here happens not because Joshua also received the word, but because someone prophesied something many, many moons ago, 400 years ago, approximately 400 years ago. What are you talking about, buddy? What are you talking about? I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Can you all open up your Bibles to the book of Genesis really quick? What? I want to show you this. This is super important. There's a twist to this story. There is a twist to this story. Everyone, open up Genesis really quick. Do you believe that God has said things about you before you were born? If you believe that, raise your hand, make some noise. Come on, I'm, do, I'm making you do this. I actually don't make people speak that much, but you guys are going to have to. He spoke to a man, and Jacob is this old man. Wow. Jacob is this old man, and he's operating under the spirit of Israel at this moment because he's prophesying before he dies. He's not like my dad. My father, before he died, he left me a bill. The Lord is calling someone in the room. True story. I'm going to pause so you can answer the phone. I was in a church. It was a Latin church. And I said, if it's not Jesus calling you, don't answer. And it was Jesus. Jesus Rodriguez. <laughs> I'm not joking. They were like, it's Jesus. I'm like, no way. And the phone said, Jesus. I said, no way. So I picked up the phone and Jesus was talking. It's still going on. Hello, it's me. Hello from the... Okay. And I asked Latinos, do me a favor, stop naming your son Jesus, please, because I'm tired of going to jail to see Jesus. I'm tired of Jesus stealing cars. Jesus committing adultery. Please stop calling your kids Jesus. Banning it from Latin language. Okay, so hear me out. I made you laugh, I'm glad. Because you're not going to laugh in a minute. 
So all of a sudden we see here, and I really am coming to an end. In the book of Genesis 49, Jacob is there. And my father, uh, you know when my father left me? He left me a surprise. At the funeral, I found out I had another brother. And he was young. Yeah. Don't blame it on the Puerto Ricans. That's the Italian side. Buongiorno, come stai bene, eh? Non male. So mio papà loco. Okay, so listen. So here we have Jacob saying, let me bless my sons before I die. And I love it when a man knows how to release the baton before he's dead. Thank God for leaders that know how to release things. At the, come on, can we thank God for leaders who know how to pass the baton on? And that's what, let me, let me bless you. So he blesses Joseph. He blesses all of his sons. And let me show you some biblical things. How many want some nice biblical stuff right here? He tells his son Benjamin, Benjamin, you're a wolf. The book of Genesis 49, he says, you're a wolf. You're a wolf. You're a dog. But I love what he says to Benjamin because he says, in the beginning, you're going to devour and you're going to destroy. But at the end, you're going to take what you have devoured and you're going to spread it. Let me tell you who comes from the tribe of Benjamin, Paul. Who started killing and then the exact people he was killing, he was spreading the same. Do you see it? You, no, you don't see it? No. Issachar, some of you are from the tribe of Issachar. I'm not going to mention what animal he was. Go figure it out. He was able to discern the times, but Issachar was a donkey. Isn't it funny how a donkey announced Jesus coming in in Passover? It's incredible. But if you look at also that David was from the tribe of Judah. And he speaks to David. David is a lion. But before David, watch this. Watch what I'm going to say. I'm going to connect some stuff and I'm going to go back to Joseph. Before the lion comes up, the lion, okay, David, the, 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 the shepherd boy, where did Samuel find David? Where was he? Taking care of his father's what? Sheep. And what comes to eat sheep? Lions and tigers and wolves. Oh, my. What comes to eat? Sheep? Wolves. But the man that was sitting on the throne was a wolf. He came from Benjamin's tribe. So who did God need to deliver the people who was from the one who was sitting on the throne? A man who was an expert in dealing with wolves. You see, Scripture is so important for us to read and to look at it. A man who was an expert in dealing with wolves. And, but this moment, we're going to look at Joseph. Because when Jacob is speaking to Joseph, Joseph was his, was his beloved son. And he says, Joseph, I'm going to give you a word. And the word doesn't make sense. How many of you have met prophetic people that are absolutely weird? If you're talking about me, keep your hand down, but raise your hand. Some of you, I'm going to tell you the truth. Some of you have met prophetic people that claim to be prophetic, but they're liars. The Bible talks about false prophecies. And if it don't make sense, guys, don't listen. Some things, I see rainbows. Stop eating Skittles. <laughs> rainbows are everywhere. We see them everywhere. Everyone is colorful today. I see horses galloping. Great. I'm so happy for you. What are you going to do with the horses? But this made some sense. Because in the book of Genesis chapter 49, God says to Joseph, and I can imagine Joseph saying, Daddy's old, he's, he's, he's a little confused right now, I don't know what's going on, but can you read it with me, everyone together, it's on the screen. Joseph is a fruitful vine, 
a fruitful vine near a spring. Stop right there. Whose branches, what? Whose what? What do they do? They what? Joseph is like, Dad's calling me a vine, a branch. God, what are you smoking? What's going on? Did they give you something to, to calm your pain? Are you speaking? You're an old man. Are you speaking from the morphine? What's happening? I see you as a branch. And you're crossing over the wall. <laughs> Joseph, Joseph, Dad, you're alive. Yeah. And he doesn't stop. And with bitterness, archers attacked him. They shot at him with hostility. Interesting. But his bow remained steady. His strong arm stayed limber because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel. What is he talking about? Because of your father's God who helps you, because of the almighty who blesses you with the blessing of the skies above, blessing of the deep springs below, blessing of the breast and of the womb. And here we are. Stop right there. And this is what J J Joseph is speaking over his son. Jacob is speaking over Joseph. I'm sorry. And Jacob is saying, you are, I want to go back to the first verse we were reading. You are a fruitful vine and your branches will cross over a wall. But his son, Joseph, had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And one day, a man named Joshua from the tribe of Ephraim, who was a son of Joseph, is standing in front of a wall. And he's understanding that a word that his great-great-great-great-grandfather spoke that his branches, his son's branches, what is branches? Generations will climb over a wall, will be attacked, but they will not prevail. Are you, someone say hallelujah at least. What, what, what did you just say? That a word was spoken about this church a word was spoken about you. A word was spoken about this city many years ago. You are simply a prophecy walking. Get on the program. There was a word. This season was wait. Look at me. This season was waiting for you. For you. To believe what God is saying. Because one day you're going to be in front of a wall and you're not going to know why you're there. Sometimes in order for us to move forward, we need to look back and remember what he said. I don't want to focus on the wall too much because we know what happens. But I'm coming to an end. In my most difficult time in ministry, whoo, I don't know if I share this on Tuesday, I have some form of prophetic amnesia. But you need to hear this. In my most difficult time in ministry, I told God, and it was around the season you guys came, I'll tell you what was happening. I'm in the middle of building a new building. No money. Zero money. I never have money. I always give it away. Nothing. And as we're walking into a new church building, my mother calls me and says, son, I got to talk to you. I already knew what was going on. My stepfather was a bishop over many churches, pastor for many years. And my parents were about to get divorced. And my family was about to go through hell. And all of a sudden, in the middle of building, 
My mother is losing her house. My siblings are in drugs. Everything is falling apart. I walk into the church and I sit in the front row and the intercessors, the prof prophets in the church start saying, the pastor is in sin. I couldn't open my mouth. I couldn't say anything to anybody. No one knew what was going on. But they come into a room and they gather and they start saying that I'm living in some hidden sin. Because they saw my face down. And there I am on the floor wanting to give it, give it up. I could easily go to any other city and be offered a job. But the Lord told me, you're not doing that. You're going to stay right there. And they were coming against me hard. This was my Jericho. This was my moment. This was my wall. And I wanted to give up. I wanted to throw it away. I wanted to say, no! Anybody ever been there before? I'm done. Anybody there right now? Come on, be real with me. Jesus, come on. Heal minds and hearts right now. And that same year was the year that God sent me to this city. I was in pain. I had to connect to another brother who was in pain too. And here we are, both crying. Our tears were blood together. Believing God for something we weren't seeing. Anybody ever, ever believe for God for something they didn't see? We were like, what are you talking about? Pastor, I remember I was in the place where I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. It was a lot louder. And there were other words added to that. And actions. I remember saying, you, I, will, I know, I know that you are forgiving. I, these were my words. I'm a little toxic. I know you are forgiving, so I will destroy my testimony so that they will never listen to me again. If I do this and I do that, nobody will hear my voice. They will never forgive me. Couldn't do it. And there I was on the floor. And this is what Jesus did. Jesus' son, I'm going to talk to you. But he didn't talk with words. He took me by the hand. He says, come with me. Let me take you somewhere. And he took me. And this is what I, I always go to this place. He says, come with me right here. And there I am as a little boy. Looking in my room. I'm as a man looking at myself as a little boy. And God says, what do you see? And I looked at myself. And when I was a child, I'm a church boy. What I did as a child was... I played church with my toys. Anybody ever seen church kids? Anybody here ever done something like that? I set up my toys, and this is something that I need you to hear. I set up my toys as a church. I prayed, I baptized everyone in the community, and my sister's Barbies. They hated me. Teddy bears, I baptized them. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. My, pot, my mother's pots and pans were my drum set. I would, we would... We, this is a true story. You want to hear a true story? You're going to hear it anyway, so say yes. Okay. We would play church, and we would make fun of all the manifestations in the church, especially the ladies. Who, ah, boom. So the kids would go into the room while the mothers were hanging out, and we would make believe that we were the craziest ladies in the church. And I would pray. It was Benny, I was Benny Hinn. Throw my jacket. Everybody would fall. There was one time... The women in the church came to do a potluck and cook for, for an event. 
And my mother decides to take them to see the other side of the house, or the building in Manhattan, the, the outside terrace where there's nice trees. And we were terrified as little kids that Jesus was going to come and we were going to stay. Anybody live that moment? Terrified. We were playing and all of a sudden we see the aprons on the floor because the women went outside. And we start wailing, God, you left us because we're making fun of the ladies in the church. <laughs> we start, we're all crying, 10 kids. Was my girlfriend was there, she was eight. I was nine. She didn't love me. That's a problem. We could get healing from that. Okay. Rejected from that age. Listen, I wasn't cute enough. But at that moment, at that moment, I remember screaming, ah, but I was playing church. I was just innocent. My mother walks in. She goes, what are you doing? I said, mom, she goes, if you're a good boy, you're not going to stay. You would come with us to heaven. I said, then how did you come back, you crazy lady? <laughs> Came to come get you. Yeah, right. But as a little boy, I would play, to I would play with my toys. And there, was, there I was, playing with my toys. And the Lord says to me, son, what do you see? I was like, I see myself playing with toys. He says, you're not looking. What do you see? And as a little boy, I was abused. I would spend every day in my room because I was abused by the same man who hurt my mom. He would beat me up. He would emotionally disturb me. And there I was at this very difficult moment in my life. And he says, look again, what do you see? He said, look again. And I saw Jesus playing with me. It's okay. It's okay. It's handled. I saw Jesus playing with me at that table. Jesus was playing with me. He goes, son, I was preparing you for the moment you're living right now. You thought you were playing church. I was discipling you personally for the moment you're living right now. I prepared you for this moment. I prepared you for this day. I need you to move forward. I got out of that chair and I understood that there was a word spoken over me before I was even formed. That I would, I would see great things, but there were Jerichos that I had to focus on and, and conquer as well. And there's some of us that we're only focused on the promises, but we don't want to face the Jerichos. I'm going to ask you a question and stand with me. How many of you want to see Jericho come down? If you want to see Jericho come down, would you stand with me right now? It's typical for us to go into worship. So you guys can stand in your positions, but don't touch anything. Stand there. Stand there. Stand strong. Stand strong. How passionate are you about this? Very, right? Super, right? You can't think about anything else. And you're having a hard time because you can't think about anything else. Because this is what you want to do for a long time. You'll do other things. But focus on it. Because he's called you there. Not because of your last name. Because you love building altars. Since you were little, you loved building altars. And you did it on your own. In your room. On your own. And you would get bothered when others would disturb you. This is who you are called to be. Build altars. We'll go, we're going to go somewhere in a minute. Hear me. This is going to take another twist. And I'm going to need you to stand up and listen to me. Joshua defeated Jericho because of the obedience and because of a word that was spoken to his lineage. The first question I'm going to ask you right now, what was spoken about you? 
did God say? What did he say? Not what is he saying. What did he say? Can you trust what I said before? What did I say to you? What did I say to you? Says the Lord. Can this moment right now take you to a place where you take your phone or your notebook, anything, and you can write down the first thing that comes to memory about what God said about you? Please. Please. And I don't want you to say, He's, you said it on the head and not the tail. No, baby. Some of you have never heard the Lord speak. He's going to speak to you right now. Holy Spirit, show us your truth. Oof. Praises, what did he say about you? What did the Lord say? What did God say? Okay, that's number one. Guess what? Listen, and this is super important, Pastor, that we listen to this next part. It doesn't end in Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 7 gets very juicy. How many like a juicy story? One person, thank you. I knew there was some form of drama in the room. I like juicy stories too. In Joshua chapter 7, now you can go, but just you, softly. We're going to need this because it's going to get really rough. Just so, look at me. It's really soft. It's the only way I can't even hear you. It's great. Heavenly, like, oozing. Thank you. It's nice, right? In Joshua chapter 7, after they defeated Jericho, how did Joshua feel? How would you feel after we come against a mountain? The word that God said has been spoken over me and we've overcame and we are making it is amazing. Hallelujah. They were having revivals. Woohoo! Manifestations, 90% fake. Fabricated, fake movements, but they were excited. And God allowed them to have fun. So then there was another little city and it was called AI. We can play with this and say artificial intelligence. Call it Google. And AI was there. But God spoke to Joshua, gave him specific instructions. And in those instructions, says, I don't want you to take anything from Jericho. Leave your past behind. And there's some of us that we have faced some battles in Jericho and we've taken some of the battle with us to the next season. And some of us, the battle is pain. Disappointments, hurts, accusations, people. Some of you, your battle is a person, a physical person. 170 pounds of issues. And then there's this man named Achan that while they were fighting in Jericho, he brings in this, this little souvenir and he hides it in. And he says, oh, this is really cool. I want to remember this. And he was from the tribe of Judah. He was from the leadership. And he takes in this mantle and it was a Babylonic mantle. That's what it was. It was from it was from Shiner. It was from confusion. And he brings in this mantle of confusion into his pocket and he fights. And so Joshua is going on to Ai. Hear me out. Joshua is going on to Ai and said, You know what? We've defeated Jericho. It, Ai is just a small little city. So I'm so, I said Siri. City. It's literally looking like Vancouver. And then we're going to, we were able to win Vancouver. So we can definitely defeat Surrey. Just send about 30,000 men out there. Easy. And this is really, really interesting. Hear me, hear me out, hear me out. This is really interesting. All of a sudden, Joshua is fighting and he sends these men to the battle. He's out home. Hey, man, Jericho was great. It was awesome. We, wow, what a move of God. And here comes the men with 
their heads down. Joshua's like, what's going on? Hey, uh, Joshua, uh, we lost. What do you mean we lost? We just, saved, we just defeated Jericho. Was Joshua's heart right? Yes. Did he want to conquer to move forward? Yes. But he did one thing. He didn't listen to instructions. Because God would have said before you go to AI, there's sin hiding in the camp. And we cannot defeat the small little things unless we get rid of the hidden sin that is in our camp. It's not always fornication. It's not always adultery. Sometimes it's the way you're treating your brother and your sister in church. And you will not move forward unless you let go of the hidden garbage that is in your life. God says to Joshua, if you would have spoken to me, I would have told you, you are not moving forward to the next assignment, even though it's so small, because there's something inside of you that needs to be cared for. Go kill the sin. And Joshua takes the tribe of Judah, and he finds out where it's at, and he says to Achan, praise the Lord, because today we have found that hidden thing that is inside of you. And I'm going to tell you where sin always hides itself. Sin always tries to hide himself in leadership. I'm not talking about the pastors, please. You see what the Lord said to the pastors? There's a hidden sin in their lives. Sin always tries to hide itself in the most important people in a community. Because no one will think that they're living in sin. And sin is not the things you think it is. It's literally disobedience before the Lord. And I'm going to ask you a question. What has God said before? What are you facing now? Do you trust Him? But... Have you not been able to succeed? Because God is always going to be God and He wants you to move forward. But the reasons why you're not moving forward is because maybe there's something inside of you that's not letting you hear God correctly. Yeah, you can clap to that. You can clap to that. Let me give you some prophecies. And then I'm going to go back to this. Let that simmer in your heart. Suri is about to shift in the next 10 to 15 years. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to like it, so don't woo yet. I like it. I knew she was spicy. The economy is going to shift dramatically in the next 10. It's going to actually start happening now. Watch this. In about seven years, there'll be a little dip. When you see the dip, when you see the dip, it's going to come back and it's not going to go back down again. Why am I saying this? Mentality, get ready to change and shift and think like a city. People from the city are going to run and buy. And there's going to be a, a shift in the way people think in this area. It's not going to be a suburban mentality so much. It'll be a mix. I remember one day the Lord told, told me, I'm sending you to Garfield, New Jersey. I'm a New York City boy. Garfield is a suburb. Why are you sending me there? I was the most awkward person in the middle of that city. What are you doing with me, God? And all of a sudden, in the last two years, all the buildings are knocking down and all the New Yorkers are moving into that city. And I understood why. You prepared me before so that I can get ready for what was coming. And I want to say this to you. Something is coming to the city. The economy is going to change the city in this little suburb area. And people are going to come and they're going to shift the way people think. You need to get ready. Your nice little life, the way you see it, is going to change in the next 10 to 15 years. And God is warning the church, get ready, get ready. So think differently. You cannot think like a suburb anymore. You cannot think like an Egyptian anymore. You cannot think like a wilderness person. You need to start thinking like a person who lives in the promised land. And I spoke real fast, so go back to that. What is the Lord saying? The way we are doing things cannot look like the way we did them. And 
listen to me, leadership of a church, you cannot hold on to the past. You cannot hold on to Moses' ways of doing things. You cannot hold on to old reign, to old moves. We need to look at the old words, but understand it with the times, within the times that we're living in right now. And there are many of us that say, but God said, yeah, but he said it about today, not the way we did it yesterday. Here I am doing a new thing, not an old thing. And a new thing doesn't mean younger people. A new thing means a new mentality. Because God wants to do something with people with gray hair better than he wants to do with the young kids that are wearing these big pants and don't take showers. Amen. You liked that one, didn't you? God's not done with an older generation. But he's done with you if you don't know how to move forward. Because you cannot hold God back in what he wants to do and bring salvation into this region. You cannot hold God back from revivals that he wants to do in this place. You cannot hold God back from promises of people who prayed before you came with your opinion. Some of us were people that have great promise, but our anger got us into be people that break the promises. And he's saying to you today, I've given you the tools to success, but can you hear me? Can you let go? Can you trust me? Can you let go of your anger and your resentment against your brother, your sister, your God, and yourself? I put you in front of a wall and I've given you the success, but I put you in front of a small city. What are you going to do now? Are you just going to go with your own instructions and your old ways? Or are you going to listen to me because I have the plan and the purpose that I have for you? And so if God spoke to you today, I want you to raise your hand real high because I feel that there's deliverance that's going to happen in this room. If God spoke to you today, raise your hand. Grab the person that's next to you. Grab their hand. If you, have, if you see the hand up, if their hand is not up, don't grab them. And bring them to me. Bring them to me. Come forward. Bring them to me. Bring them to me. Come forward. Yeah, we're going to come forward. We're going to come forward together as a body. Be careful. There's people behind you, buddy. Be careful. Be careful. Come here. Come forward. Come forward, come forward. Yeah, I believe it. Even if we have to push some of the chairs back for a quick second, just come, or come to the sides, come forward. Because we need to repent. Because we've been doing things our way. Because God, you have so many promises upon our life. Yeah, oh my gosh. I'm gonna tell you one thing. Daniel, what's your wife's name again? Katie, look at me. You don't need me to say a word over you. The word is in you. The promise is in you. Look at me. It's going to be super important that you're not dependent on any man to give you a word in this season. That you be completely dependent on the words that he speaks to you. Because you get your affirmation from the Lord. You are who God says you are. You're called with such a fire. I can't tell you the rest. Go to him. Look at me. And say, I will believe. Say it. I will believe what he says. And I will go where he sends me. I want you to raise up your hands right now. Come and lift them up. Because I trust you, Lord. And there's a fire that is upon you that is reminding you from experiences you had since you were young. Oh my gosh. I'm going to ask you both to do me a favor. Let go of her. Set the Holy Spirit do it. I'm sorry. Holy Spirit. Woo! Remind her. We want her to have experiences with you. To trust you. To know that you're in the middle of this. That you're doing it. Some of you right now, would you raise your hands right now? And would you come into, some of us need to come into repentance right now. Say, Father, forgive me. Yeah, forgive me. Yeah, forgive me. Forgive me because I didn't believe. Whew. 
forgive me because I, I built I built towers. Forgive me, God, because where Jericho was, I built pain. But today, say with me today, you're reminding me. You're reminding me of what you said. How many of you are holding on to something that God said and you want to see it now? Raise your hand. Say, God, I'm not, I'm not going to die in the wilderness. I'm not dying in Jericho. I'm not dying with my promise in my hands. You said it about me and I will see it. But today I decide to walk in obedience. My Lord, my Jesus, come on. And so would you do me a favor? Would you say, God, forgive me. God, clean me. God, wash me from doing it my way. Can you identify what's holding you back? And as a church body, can you identify, not just in your personal life, as a church body, would you identify what is holding you back? Say with me, we need to turn the page. Say it louder. We need to let Jericho be Jericho. We got to go conquer AI. There's smaller battles we're losing. Say it. Because we have anger in our camp. God gave Joshua specific instructions to kill it. Kill it. It's not in you, but kill it wherever it's at. Kill it. Because we're going to conquer and you're going to give the inheritance to the children in the promised land. Your greatest joy is to bless others. I feel like in my spirit, there are people in this room that want to hug people. And I want to give an opportunity for the Holy Spirit just to really minister into the hearts. And I'm going to say in this room right now, I need you to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And we're going to play, we're going to play, but we're not going to sing. But can we just play the chords to that song and we're not going to sing. But you guys, in the, in the top right, we're going to pray in the Spirit. We're just going to pray right now. But if you need to go around this room, even if it's in the Spirit, and just hug a person, I want you to do that. Let go of your pain. Let go of whatever it is that's holding you back. But can we just close our eyes for a moment? Can we just, woo? Come on. Come on. Come on. Do it. Go. Go where the Lord sends you. Go where the Lord sends you. Go where the Lord sends you. Go. Go. Go have the conversation. That, say If you need to say, I'm sorry. Receive it. Yeah, my God. If you're in this room and you're not in this pain, would you intercede as the Lord is going around the room right now? Let the Lord heal you. Hey, come here. Pastor, come here. about him when I say this I'm just hugging him right now but some of you need to let it go to your pride now you're gonna die in AI if you don't let go of your pride hear me this is a prophetic word you will die with your promise if you don't let go of your pride let it go now and I, 
do I have authority to just cast? Do I have room to cast things out? How many of you want to? You need some help right now. If you come into repentance, Father, in the name of Jesus, whoa. I stand with the authority of heaven right now as you called us and commanded us to cast out every spirit that is holding people back. Satan, loosen your stronghold now. I re loosen your stronghold now. Let go of the bodies now. Let go of purpose now. Let go of minds now. Let go of hearts now. Get out in the name of Jesus. I command you to leave right now. Where there is repentance, I command you to leave. Loosen them now, Satan. Oof, Jesus. In this next season, we're going to need each other to stand in unity. And I want to make a prophetic gesture right now, and I want to give you a last moment chance because I got to go. Who is willing to stand united? I know, I know. Pastor, would you come with me? Because you're gonna help me out. Who's willing to stand united? Who's willing to let things go? Come on, be real. The pastor's looking around the room. Pastors know everything, guys. We know, we know, not everything, we know a lot of things. There are people that need to raise their hands right now and say, Pastor, I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to go with you. I don't know where we're going, but I'm going to trust that the Lord is guiding you. If you're willing to truthfully do that, raise your hand right now. Yeah. Some of you are raising your hands reluctantly in pain and hurt because you felt rejected. But you don't know that you're actually part of the promise and you're part of the plan. That if you don't move forward, there's a generation that's not going to see a promised land. mercy fall on a heart that is open and soft. Lord, you're not looking for luscious sacrifice, but a broken and contrite heart. You will not turn away. Father, we echo the prayer of the generations that would say, Holy Spirit, would you come? Father, it doesn't need to look like yesterday, but it needs to be you. 
God, it needs to be you, Holy Spirit, so we don't muster you up, but Father, we let our eyes and our hearts be open. We ask, would you come? Holy Spirit, fresh wind that would cause us to hear, that would cause us to see what you're doing, that would cause our feet to walk in obedience and cause our mouths to be shut until you speak and open them. Father, for the sake of a city, Lord, for the sake of the 32,000 high school students that don't know you, God, for the sake of Surrey and the cities around, Lord, would you move? God, would you stir? It doesn't need to look like I want it to look. It doesn't need to be in my comfort zone. But heaven, would you invade? Heaven, would you invade? Heaven, would you invade? Would you open our hearts, God? Come on, church, welcome him. You welcome him. You set up the altar in your heart a living sacrifice that would say, God, burn up anything that's not of you. Come on, begin to cry out. Begin to allow your heart to be stirred. Let's go. It's not a time for a quiet church. It's not a time for a passive church. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come on, church. Stay there. There is a, there's room for a presence of God that will heal bodies and bring a fresh wind. Woo. If you walk into this room with any pain in your body, raise your hand really quick. Watch this. As you put your hands down, many of you are just healed just by the power of Jesus in the room. Put your hand down. Put your hand back up and give God glory for what he just did. That's one thing we're gonna do. Number two, it's the last thing I'm gonna do. Oh, you will see, oh, you will see it. 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 The next thing I'm gonna do, this is not for everyone, but this is for specific people. If you felt the fire of God today for the first time in a long time, and you felt something burning in you, convicting you, loving you, calling you. I don't care what your age is. It's not everyone. But you need to get as close as you can to the corner of the stage. And you need to run right here right now because I need to identify you for a moment. If you felt it, if you're like, God, this hit me. This was me today. I need to come here right now. God, you're calling me with fire. God, you want me to get serious about my call. I need you to come right here, right now. You have five seconds. You have five seconds. Yeah, I know. I've been looking at you, buddy. I've been looking at you, buddy. Yeah, come here right now. Come here right now. Because I want to I want to pray a fresh wind and a fresh fire over you. Where is your dad? Where is your dad? 
Go get uh, Father, where are you? Come over here. Come over here. Come over here. Just like Joseph spoke over, Jacob spoke over Joseph, would you pray over your son right now? And would you prophesy that the anointing that is upon you falls upon him too? Because there is a call upon his life to shepherd. There is a call upon his life to love. And right now, I call out right now that God, you had to use whatever you had to use to get him here. But Lord, you will expedite this and you will move him forward because there's such a calling upon his life. Jesus, put everything that you need to do in order. Okay, Holy Spirit, do what you got to do now. I ask you guys who are here in the front, raise your hands now and get angry about your call in a good way. Come on, get serious about what he's asking you to do. Ponte serio, vamos, adore, worship him. Say, God, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. God, you're not done with me. God, you're not done with me. fake move of no no we don't need that we want the real deal God if it's you we don't need the music Holy Spirit come with fire come with love come with wind let's speak oh my goodness Father come more 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 why are you looking at me? Close your eyes more. More. More of your presence. More. Stay there. He's here. He's here. Stay there. More. Roba sota God, the cap is coming off of this place. What has been holding back the move is coming off of this place. And the move is not what you think. People falling on the floor and people screaming. No, that's not the move I'm doing in this season. The move is when I not bring the bodies to the floor. is when I bring the bodies to the room. But I send the bodies that are in the room to go get them. I'm causing a massive move of explosion of evangelism and discipleship in the city. I'm giving you, Craig, I'm giving you the instructions, says the Lord, to disciple the city and the cities. I'm giving you a long-term plan, simple yet long, of walking with people, of showing them the ways. We're not doing church the way we did it before. We're, gay, we're bringing the church to the people and we're discipling the cities, the cities, the cities, the cities, the cities. And we're using everyone who is willing. We're healing and we're sending. Say that with me. We're healing and sending. Say it again. We're healing and we're sending. Now I'm going to tell you something. The greatest word that you're ever going to say to this house is go. 
The move of God that we're asking for isn't a move that brings people into a joy that they feel an emotional response. But, a, but the move that I'm bringing is that they feel a responsibility to go. Go. You heard it at the beginning. It doesn't matter. I don't need to know where I'm going. I don't need to know why. I don't need to know how. I just need to know who I'm following. A simple word that has guided my life is three letters. It says yes. And if I can give God my yes... Anything is possible that God has called us to. So in the, I was going to say in the quietness of your own heart, but with your own mouth, when you don't know the how, when you don't know the when, when you don't know the why, and you might not even like the destination as you understand it today, can you give him your yes? And do not say it if you do not mean it. But if you mean it, say it out loud I give you my yes Jesus I give you my yes Jesus what I have to walk away from what I have to leave behind what must be set aside my preference my opinion my agenda have your way over my way I submit to you Um, that's going to close the service here in a moment. Where's Luis? I know, where's Luis? Luis, come here, come here. If you speak Spanish, I'm going to invite you in a moment to go into the music room, which is right there. Someone will open the door in a minute. This is Luis, and he's going to go and spend a couple moments with you in your language of your heart, Spanish. Right? Okay? So that door over there, someone open it up. You don't need to be official doorkeeper if you can see it. And if you know where there is, somebody open that door. Um, I'm going to invite you to, before you leave, there's take an offering. Um, you, there's debit machines. You, you know how to do it. Horizonfam.ca. Uh, we also have some food 
It's going to be available. You might have to multiply it. <laughs> but take some food and get with someone. Don't just rush into the schedule of your day. Maybe talk a little bit about maybe something that God spoke to you or some impression that you had or how you feel like God's moving you a little bit. But for the next couple of moments, I'm going to release this to go. I'm going to pray and release this to go. And we're going to stay here as well as a little bit. I just don't want to rush away, but I do need to release. Because if you have kids, please go get them when I'm finished praying. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your kindness and your goodness. We thank you that you lead us where you know we need to go. Think of whether that's in Princeton, whether that's in our city, however that will look, we give you our yes. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom, not my kingdom. Your will, not my will. Your preference, not my preference. Your directive, not mine. On earth, in Surrey, in Langley, in Vancouver, in cities that are not on our radar right now, your kingdom come, your will be done, in the strong name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.